text is the, for the sermon is the verses 7 to 9. We'll read those verses again of Matthew 15, 7 to 9, where the Lord Jesus says the following, Hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy about you, saying, These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, and in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Beloved congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, I think a fair number of people today see the church as uh, a place with a lot of rules and regulations. You're not allowed to do this, and you're supposed to do that, and you're expected to take part there. Now, that opinion of the church might be based on the fact that God's law is still read in a lot of churches, and there are a lot of people who don't want to hear about God's commandments. They only want to hear about grace and love, maybe. Unfortunately, they don't understand that the commandments are exactly about grace and love. God in his grace through Jesus Christ shows us how to love because we don't know how to do that out of ourselves. But I don't think that's the only reason there are people who see church today as a, as a body with all kinds of rules and regulations. There's also a, such a thing as a Christian tradition or even Christian lifestyle. We could even say reformed tradition, reformed lifestyle. In the past, that, that lifestyle or tradition used to be a lot stronger than it is today. There was an unkind of, kind of unspoken list of things you did and did not do as reformed people together. You were expected. That was expected of you. You didn't go to the show You didn't dance, you didn't take part in organized sports on Sunday. Men were dressed in suit and tie. Ladies always wore dresses to church. Basically, everybody did certain things and didn't do other things. And those things weren't specifically commanded in the Bible, but they were seen as the general application of the Bible to everyday life. Over time, that Christian, that that reformed lifestyle has become a lot weaker And some people maybe think that's a good thing because customs and traditions have a habit of taking on a life of their own, becoming more important than what faith is really about. Others are sad that that lifestyle is fading away because it was good to be able to have everyone together in the same kind of lifestyle. Everyone Showing obedience for God also in the everyday things of life, like how you dressed and where you went. Life was simpler then, they say, and also simpler to teach the next generation how to live as Christians. You could just pass on your traditions then. Well, there's nothing new under the sun, is there? Because in Jesus' days, that matter of tradition and rules was a really big issue too. Jesus often came into conflict with the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who were determined to carry on a whole raft of traditions and rules which elders from the past had come up with. You see that in Matthew 15 from which we take our text for this morning. The Lord Jesus clearly shows the Pharisees that they shouldn't put their own rules and customs and traditions 
on a level with God's word. Or even above God's word, as they did. We see that later on. But Jesus is not against tradition either. He wasn't a revolutionary who did things that... He, he also did things that had been accepted as custom. He nowhere says it's, it's wrong to hold on to certain customs and traditions. He followed Jewish customs himself. No, nothing wrong with customs, traditions in themselves. Think of reading the Bible and prayers at mealtimes as happens in Reformed households normally. It's nowhere commanded in the Bible as such. But I don't for a moment think that Jesus would have been against a tradition like that. No, Jesus is not simply anti-tradition. But he, he's against doing things just for the sake of looking pious and leaving the heart out of it. Because that's what happens. When the tradition becomes more important, then the heart goes out of it and people become legalistic about it. But he wants to teach us in the passage we have before us that what he really wants is our hearts, to cleanse our hearts. And I preached to you then the gospel of the text with this theme. The Lord Jesus shows that he wants to cleanse our hearts. We pay attention to three things. First, the direction. Secondly, the context. And thirdly, the instruction of his admonition. First, the direction of Jesus' admonition. The Lord Jesus directs his admonition to the scribes and Pharisees, the teachers of the law in Israel at the beginning of our text. And he sounds pretty harsh right there. Hypocrites, he says. Hypocrites. Hypocrites, you know, are actors. On the outside, they like to keep up the appearance of piety and uprightness. But in the meantime, it becomes just an external thing. It becomes outward show. On the inside, they're completely different. They're out for themselves, out to look good for themselves. Outwardly, they seem to live close to God, but in their hearts, they can be far from him. And that's what Jesus accuses the Pharisees and the scribes of. In the context of our text, he says, hypocrites. He knew what was in their hearts. And that's why Jesus gives that quotation from Isaiah Isaiah 29 in the text too. These people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Through the prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament, God accused his covenant people at that time of hypocrisy too. They said the right things. They had the temple. They worshiped there. They went there regularly, all according to the laws. And the traditions. But it was all outward show. The hearts of so many were actually far from him. And God hates hypocrisy. While Jesus used the words of Isaiah to admonish the Pharisees and the scribes. During the time of his ministry on earth. They knew the scriptures. And they were all hyped up on keeping the tradition of the elders as far as, for instance, washing of hands goes. But their hearts 
were far from the Lord. Their hearts were all about themselves. On the outside, things look squeaky clean. On the inside, not so clean. Why did the Lord Jesus direct such a sharp admonition to those Pharisees and scribes, those teachers of the law in Israel? Was it because they placed too much emphasis on the tradition of the elders? Was it because they made so many rules beside God's law? Those rules about everybody having to wash his, his or her hands were actually not given in the Bible at all, in the Old Testament. God did give regulations about clean and unclean foods. And the leaders of the Jews took those regulations seriously. And then they worked them out for all kinds of practical situations. This is where you need to do it. Do I have to wash? And this is what you need to do. They deducted that if they were only supposed to eat clean foods, then even those then those foods should only be eaten with clean hands too. Otherwise, you'd make the foods unclean with your unclean hands. Because after all, everybody touches all kinds of things with his or her hands during the day and maybe you touch something unclean somewhere along the line. So it'd be good to wash your hands before eating. Make extra sure that everything you ate was clean, pure. And you know that the priests in the Old Testament actually were supposed to wash their hands as well as their feet when they went about their work in the temple. You can read those regulations God gave Moses for the priests in Exodus 30. And that's why that huge brass container for water in the temple court, along with all those smaller ones on wheels that could be uh, driven around. The priests were supposed to make sure that everything stayed clean pure, holy, by washing their hands and feet every time they entered the tabernacle or temple, every time they sacrificed on the altar. It was prescribed by God. And the ancient rabbis thought about this, they thought all this through, and they figured that to be on the safe side and to honor God, it would be good for everybody to wash their hands before every meal. And that became then the tradition in Israel. And the Pharisees and the scribes wanted to make sure that that tradition was upheld. And if you think about it, it wasn't a bad tradition, right? The intention was good. Make sure that the regulations God gave to Moses were kept as closely as possible. We'd even agree today, it's always good to wash your hands before you eat. Traditions can be good. You have to admit that the Pharisees were fussy and faithful in trying to keep those traditions, even though they weren't actually contained in God's word, that indirectly they were based on the Bible. They were serious about serving God and doing, doing what he wants by keeping clean as much as possible. So why the sharp accusation of the Lord Jesus at the Pharisees and teachers, calling them hypocrites? Well, that brings us to the next point of the, of the sermon, the context of Jesus' admonition. Congregation, for the context, we have to go back to verse 1 of Matthew 15. It says there that some scribes and Pharisees, all teachers of the law, they came to Jesus from Jerusalem. Jesus was in Galilee at this time. There were most likely scribes and Pharisees in Galilee too. But the main schools of the Pharisees and the scribes was in Jerusalem. And the Pharisees and the, and the scribes who came to Jesus that day were an official delegation from head office, you could say. 
head office had heard about Jesus' teachings and his miracles. They had taken note of the fact that a lot of people were following him in the previous chapter. Matthew tells us how Jesus fed the 5,000, how people brought all their sick to Jesus to be healed, and the Pharisees in head office in Jerusalem wanted to find out more about what this Jesus was doing. Obviously, they weren't too positive about him. He didn't come from their school and their tradition, their teaching of tradition. And it seemed that he was getting more followers than they were. So they were jealous of him. And that's why their question ultimately, they felt they were losing control. They didn't ask about the miracles he did. They didn't compare his teaching with the scriptures. But they were critical of Jesus simply out of jealousy. You know what happens when people are jealous of others? They become blind to the positive, just look for the negative. So those teachers of the law, they addressed Jesus about the behavior of his disciples. They kept a sharp eye on what he was doing. And he was a master, so he was responsible for the actions of his disciples. So they, they checked out what the disciples were doing. And they asked him, verse 2, why his disciples transgressed the tradition of the elders by not washing their hands before eating. If he was such a great teacher and master, he should have known that the teaching of the ancients was that hands were always supposed to be washed before eating. The Lord Jesus didn't even answer their question, really, when it comes down to it right away. He didn't deny that his disciples had broken the tradition of the elders. No, he, he came with a question of his own. And with that question, he showed that all of this wasn't really about tradition as such. This is about what's in their hearts. It's about loving God above all. Those Pharisees and teachers of the law were even willing to break God's law with their traditions. That's how important they put their traditions above God's law. So where was their heart? And he's trying to tell them, look at your heart. Where is that? And he asks them, verse 3, why do you also transgress the commandment of God because of your tradition? Serious, serious accusation. Imagine how those Pharisees and rabbis must have felt when the Lord Jesus said that. They were so set on their, their whole system of keeping the laws of God with their traditions. They were busy with that all day long, with living as they figured God, God wanted them to. And as passed on to them via their elders. Those elders had broken down God's law into multiple regulations for tithing, fasting, praying, giving for the poor, cleansing. And those Pharisees and teachers were very strict about teaching and keeping those regulations. And now this upstart rabbi accuses them of breaking God's commandment with their traditions. What did Jesus mean with that accusation? Well, he... He gave him an illustration of what he meant. The fifth commandment of God's law states, honor your father and your mother. And that means respect and love your parents. Also when they become old, elderly, when that, that love and that respect will then translate into taking care of them. Don't forget, in those days, they didn't have pensions and the social and health services we have today. Elderly parents had to depend completely on their children for their livelihood and for their daily care if they became unable to care for themselves. 
providing that care was and still is, I would say, part of the obedience to the fifth commandment. But the Lord Jesus pointed out to those Pharisees and teachers of the law that with all their regulations, they had even come up with a traditions, certain traditions, and this was one of them, in which they could avoid obeying the law of God himself. They were teaching people a way to avoid the responsibility to their parents, to honor their parents. They taught that if you deeded your possessions as a gift to God when you passed on, even though you were still living, while you were living, you could deed your your possessions as a gift to God so that when you died, it all went to the temple. Well, if you did that, you you didn't have to use whatever you had to provide for your elderly parents anymore. You're absolved of responsibility toward your elderly parents. You could use it for yourself until something happened to you and then whatever was left was for the Lord, for the temple, for the synagogue. And with that tradition or custom, the Pharisees and teachers had provided a way out of obeying the fifth commandment and using one's present income and goods to support elderly parents. In the name of God, they set aside his clear commandment with a man-made tradition. That's what they're teaching. And that was wrong. It was wrong. Not only because of, of financial things, you could use everything for yourself then, but it was wrong because God's word always stands above traditions. How could you put away that commandment and replace it with a human tradition? So those Pharisees and teachers of the law were upset that Jesus wasn't teaching his disciples to strictly abide by the traditions of the elders. But then he replies by saying something like, okay, you're upset about me not teaching my disciples to strictly follow those traditions handed down over the years. Well, why don't you take a good hard look at yourselves? You're not teaching your disciples to stick to God's commandments to the fifth commandment, to love and care for parents. You teach them they can ignore God's commandment by following this tradition of deeding your possessions to God. See, congregation, this is why Jesus also called them hypocrites. The words of those scribes and Pharisees sounded really pious, looked as if they lived close to the Lord, but their hearts were actually far from them. It was him. It was all about themselves. And that's why they didn't see the Lord Jesus as the promised Savior either who came to save them from their sins. It was all external things for those leaders of the Jews. Strict in teaching all those outward traditions of the elders. They taught that you needed to wash every time before you ate. Otherwise you might make yourself unclean because you touched something unclean. But was it love for the Lord? In their hearts, their hearts were far from God and from their neighbor, even from their parents. And that's why they focused on those traditions that were so strict and were so strict about them. And you know, when the heart is left out of your worship, then you become all hyped up about tradition and you become legalistic. And congregation, traditions are not wrong in themselves. Not at all. Customs. You can have good 
traditions and customs meant to keep you close to the Lord. But that's the point. To keep you close to the Lord. Think of the tradition of children's prayers at table and at night in the family. So good to keep up a custom like that in order to teach our children to pray. Like Daniel's custom of praying three times a day toward Jerusalem. But tradition cannot take a life of its own and then become a cover for hypocrisy in the heart. Then tradition becomes more important than the gospel itself. And then tradition even becomes a way to keep our hearts out of worship of God. You can make things look good, like as if you're pious, and still keep your heart for yourself. And therefore God hates it when people just externalize their worship of him and even make their traditions more important than his word itself because that word tries to reach the heart. As he said through Isaiah and also through Jesus to the Pharisees and teachers of the law, he wants our hearts, not just the outward show of piety, our hearts to cleanse our hearts. Not just hands, but hearts. And we come to the third point. Jesus' instruction in that admonition. Jesus quoted Isaiah to and about those Jewish leaders. In vain they worship me, he says, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. That was a pretty shocking statement for those Pharisees to hear. And that's why the disciples said to the Lord later on, Verse 12, hey? he said, did, did you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? Offended? They must have been extremely offended. They, they showed that. They must have shown that they were offended. Imagine, they did their utmost to keep and teach all their traditions and now Jesus was pulling the rug out from underneath them here. Showing them how that much of their effort of piety was actually for nothing. It was just outward empty show. Their heart wasn't in it. But in verses 13 and 14, the Lord Jesus even added to his admonition of the Pharisees and the teachers, the scribes. He used two little parables to show what he thought of those Pharisees. He says, they're like plants that God the Father never planted. Well, it's just like weeds in a garden. You know, you don't plant those, but they come up, and you, so you root them out. You don't want them in there. He said, well, that's what they are. That's what they're like. And he calls them blind guides. Somebody who is blind can't guide another person and say, well, hey, this is the way you need to go. No, both of them will fall into a ditch. So the Pharisees and teachers of the law, they, could show, they figured they could show the way to other people, but they didn't even see the ditch they themselves had fallen into with their hypocrisy. The disciples still didn't understand, you know, even after those small parables. So Peter asked for further explanation, and again, the Lord, in his mercy, explains what he meant with the admonition of the scribes and Pharisees. He shows that further, and he shows again, this is not about the outward things, but about the heart. This is about the heart. 
You can wash your hands a hundred times a day. That's not the problem. Even though it might be good to do it, it's not the problem. The problem isn't what goes into your mouth because they were so upset about, about unclean things. They were worried about what goes into the mouth. But it's, he says it's what comes out of the heart and out of the mouth then. That's the problem. Look at what comes out of the heart. Verse 19. Evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. He said those are things that aren't cleansed away with washing of hands. Eating clean foods with clean hands isn't going to do anything to your heart. Isn't going to affect your heart. So that those traditions can't ultimately save you. The thing is we need inner hygiene. Inner cleansing. We need to believe in and follow Jesus Christ. He came to cleanse our hearts and mouths and lives. He wants to wash away all our sins and cleanse not just our hands but our, but our hearts. That's the ultimate message of our text. You can wash, you can keep a thousand traditions so strictly that everybody looks up to you and admires you. But if it's not about your heart, it doesn't mean a thing. It's a lot of effort actually for nothing. And then you can go to church faithfully twice every Sunday, all your life. Always dressed in neat clothes. Give faithfully and liberally to church and for needy. Subscribe to all the good reformed magazines year after year. You can teach your children to pray at devotions every day. You can avoid all the bad movies and shows and the party life. You can strictly keep good traditions. But if you don't, from the heart, seek the washing away of your sins and a new life in Jesus, if that isn't the ultimate thing for you, then it's all a pious cover for an unbelieving and repentant heart. Then it's all nothing but hypocrisy. And again, don't get me wrong. Jesus didn't reject all tradition as wrong. It's good to be in church faithfully twice every Sunday if at all possible. Good to teach your children to pray at meals and keep up subscriptions to good reformed literature. But it all has to be done not just for the outward show to keep others off your back and so the elders don't come to you. No. Not just to look good. It has to be done to keep your heart close to the Lord, your Savior, It's about him. So this is not a sermon against good tradition and custom. It's a sermon against good tradition and custom without the purpose of seeking the Lord in it, without heartfelt love for the Lord. If your heart is set on him, on being cleansed with his blood, then sure, you're going to want to be in church. And teach your children to pray and avoid bad movies and so on. And then you won't elevate even good traditions and customs above God's word and will either. No, love for God and Christ will keep things in the right perspective. God's good will before everything else 
even if it means you need to change an old tradition. And that's because it's not about us feeling good about ourselves by keeping traditions, but it's all about him working in our hearts, cleansing our hearts.